0: Hello everyone and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host and we have a fantastic show for you today. Bart Bouchatz came back on the show. He sat down with me and he gave me his review of the BYD Auto 3. This is a vehicle we don't have here in North America, but I'm hoping at some point soon we will start getting some of these Japanese automakers in the U.S., for very specific reasons, and we're going to talk about those in the show. But before we start, just a couple of quick things. Um, One, I'm going to bash Toyota a little bit. It's all in fun. I don't really have a problem with the brand Toyota. I have a problem with a friend of mine who likes Toyotas, but I don't have a problem with the brand Toyota. It's all in fun, And, and please don't send me emails. The second thing is, is every time Bart comes on, I talk about how... How I could just talk to him for hours, like it's a, he's very easy to talk to, very easy to interact with, and um i I always think, man, I should have recorded a little bit more of this of this interaction because it's really good, it's really fun and <laughs> And uh, I left a little bit of that in this time. Not all, not a lot. I still edited quite a bit out. But we went to wrap up the show at about 26 minutes. And then we chatted for another six or seven minutes just about fun stuff. And I wanted you folks to see how that, how fun and how nice of a guy Bart is. Like it, the, the interview's over, the review's over, and now we're just chatting like friends. And then Toyota gets brought up. I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. So let's go ahead and welcome Bart to the show.
1: I am delighted to be back. You gave me a mission and I'm back to say mission accomplished.
0: Yes, well, I gave you a few missions. So what missions are we talking about today?
1: Okay, the one I accomplished today was the first mission you gave me. Go test drive a NATO 3.
0: Yes. So this is a BYD vehicle, which we do not have here in the United States.
1: Oh, really? No.
0: I didn't realize that. Sadly, no. I, I guess they're Chinese or something. They are Chinese, yeah. We we do have BYD buses, but we don't have passenger vehicles here. We're only just
1: getting them. So the the only car they're selling in Ireland today is the Atto 3. But they will be selling the Seal in a few weeks and they will be selling the Han next year. And there's probably other ones, too, but they're the only ones that caught my eye. So, yeah, I went into the dealer in Dublin. Uh, very nice dealership, actually. Um, and very strategically placed at the front door was an imported uh, Atto Han, which is there. It sort of looks to me like a Porsche cayenne size car.
0: Bodhi, it's beautiful. Oh, my God, is it beautiful. So it's an SUV.
1: Well, no, the Ado Han is not the Ado Han is it? It's a sports car.
0: What? 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 Okay, so it's a it was a Porsche Cayenne, isn't it? Cayenne, the, the SUV. Maybe I gotta okay. Maybe just not the Cayenne then. It's basically it's not a nine eleven, but it's bigger. Okay, okay. So like uh, uh, maybe the equivalent of a Taycan, or maybe,
1: maybe that's actually you're right. Maybe I'm mixing up my Porsches here. Uh, in fact, I probably am now that I think about it. Yeah. So it's it's basically. Not a 911, but a bigger, 9, a bigger Porsche sports car. Uh, to be honest, it looked a lot like the, the the Porsche EV I see around these parts a lot. Okay, it was gorgeous, like absolutely gorgeous. Obviously, the steering wheel was on the wrong side because it was an imported model. So I asked the guys in the dealer, you know, what's the story with this car? And I said, 2024, seventy nine grand. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wow. So he could see me looking at it and drooling over it. And he said, by the way, we have a smaller one coming in in a few weeks called the Seal, which basically looks, it looks a lot like the Tesla Model 3 in, in sort of in size and in the mark you know, in, in what it's trying to be. Uh, so I'm booked in for a test drive on that as soon as they become available, which probably gives you a hint that I didn't, uh, while I'm not going to buy the Atto 3, I was very surprised by the company.
0: Well, let's let's uh, let's start with the 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 things you didn't like about it because you said in our Telegram post there were some things you liked <laughs> and some things you didn't, but you wanted to save the good for last.
1: I do because I don't like to end on a bummer, and I do I do want to contextualize this first, right? So this is a small SUV, a crossover. This is the ultimate crossover shape car, so it, it doesn't really compete with the Model Three so much as ID Four, I guess is probably its it's opposite number um in terms of its shape its size it's way cheaper than an ID4 um and you know it's it's kind of a strange company because they don't give you lots of options right basically the car comes with everything and there are three trims but they're almost identical so they all have the same interior they all have the same features they all have the heat exchanger which is not a bad touch they all have the same battery it's kind of interesting that way. Um, and so I was interested in driving it largely because I'd done the ID4 and because you suggested it and because it's about 20 grand less than a Model 3. Nice. So being two thirds the price of a Model 3, my question was is it two thirds the car? So the first thing I will say is obviously you don't get all the same shiny for that level of money. So it doesn't have a lot of smarts. Uh, In Ireland, it has adaptive cruise control and it has uh, lane lane assist. But our our adaptive cruise control is not aware of speed limits because they don't have the database for Ireland yet. They say that's coming as an over the air update quote in a few months. So for me, the only thing the car would do is if I didn't keep in my lane, it would push me back into the lane. And if I put it in cruise control, it would slow down and speed up as the car in front of me slowed down and sped up. And very much like the Tesla, there was a little button on the steering wheel to turn it on and off and to speed it up and slow it down in little steps of five kilometers. It, it also actually, like the Tesla, it also had a button to how tailgated do you want to be, basically? <laughs> do you want to follow closer? Do you want to follow a little bit more gently behind? And it worked pretty well, actually um it was it was smooth it was accurate i didn't ever feel oh my god you're going to run into the back of that car and when traffic moved i never felt like that idiot holding everyone back which are sort of the two tests right is it does it not stop well enough and does it is it too slow to start again and it did fine it did absolutely really well in fact in city traffic it was absolutely fine um the other thing you will notice is like design wise they've made the car very nice but material-wise, it's still cheaper. So it's really well designed with cheap materials, which is a very weird combination. And the place where it really struck me was in the stalks. So in the Tesla, the stalk is more like, it's it's almost like a an input rather than a physical switch, right? When you turn on the, the, the turn signals, as you guys call them, they don't click up and stick in place and then click down and come out of place like they used to do in you know my old Ford Fiesta it it's just a button you know and it's sort of you giving a signal to the car well in the Atto, you go click for the indicators as I call them or turn signals you call them it just goes clunk and it sits up there and they stay on until you go clunk and you knock it down so it's really physical and kind of old-fashioned that way which is not what I was expecting um and as I say, in the city, I was kind of happy with it, even though it was basic. It was fine. Oh, yeah. The, the biggest disappointment to people who you, who like EVs is you don't have one foot drive, one pedal driving. That is not a thing. There is regen, but it's kind of wired up to the brake pedal. Mm-hmm. So if you brake gently, it will use the regen first. And then if it needs more stopping power, it will then engage physical brakes but it doesn't have regen it doesn't have the one pedal driving experience in the normal way it has that creep feature your typical automatic car has so it, it to me it drives exactly like my my fiesta used to drive which was an automatic transmission which i guess is one foot when you're in tra- stop go traffic it's one foot driving on the brake because you let off the brake and the car creeps forward and you put the brake on and the car stops but that's kind of as close as you get to one foot driving
0: yeah, I believe they call that blended braking. And then uh, the Kona and the Kia—I uh, always forget it's not the Soul. Oh man, Bruce is going to be Nero? so angry. Nero. I always I always forget. I don't know why. Anyway, the Kia Nero and the and the and the Hyundai Kona—they both have that feature where if you push too hard, then it applies to the actual physical brake. But otherwise, mm-hmm. you're doing that blended braking back and forth. I don't know if the newer Ionics have that and the uh, EV6 I don't know if that's the case or not.
1: Well, I will find out because they're on my li- they're on my hit list for test driving, uh, so I will definitely find that out because I have to say if if I've been if I've been driving petrol cars and I wanted to change over and I was one of those stick in the muds, I don't want new things. I'd be really happy with the way this car drives. But as someone who's really, really likes one foot driving. Look, I could get used to it, right? It's, it's, It's not a showstopper. I could get used to it. And it does what it does very well. And so while I was in the town, a city, I was actually quite happy. But their dealership is very close to a really fun country road. Like this is the kind of road that the Top Gear guys would salivate over. It runs along a river valley through a forest and it's... Gentle curves and gently undulating up and down on a smooth Tarmacadam surface, and it's two lanes. It's just a perfect driver road. It's oh, it's it's a heavenly road. I adore that thing. And so I thought, ooh, I'm going to go down the, I'm going to go down the valley with this car and see what it's really like. I I believe the phrase I used was zero percent fun, one hundred percent terrifying. I. It must be front-wheel drive, is the only way I can explain what you feel. But the car either accelerates or steers. Pick one. And I really mean that. If you put the foot down, you feel it's as if someone has grabbed your steering wheel and is holding it firmly where it wants to go. And if you'd like it to go somewhere else, you are heaving on it. And as, as soon as you let go of the brake, reality returns to normal. Oh, sorry, as soon as you let go of the accelerator, reality returns to normal. But if you put the foot down, that wheel feels as if it's been locked in place and you're going where that car wants to go. And I thought, maybe I maybe I have some sort of, maybe it's the lane keeping because it's a narrow, windy road. Maybe I'm getting too close to the center line for its liking. Maybe it's fighting me for that reason. So I found a safe place, pulled over, used as an opportunity to play about in the settings screen, turned everything off. So the car was absolutely, definitely not interfering with me. Turned around and came back the other direction down the fun road. And it was 100% equally as terrifying. It was not lane keeping. It was just, I presume it's torque steer. Basically, those front wheels, that's where the acceleration is going. And once it's accelerating, the steering is not winning. Whereas I'm used to the Tesla where it's a rear wheel drive because I don't have the dual motor so I'm used to it being a rear wheel drive and I don't feel anything on the wheel. When I accelerate the wheel is as perfectly responsive and as, as absolutely perfect as it ever could be, whether I'm accelerating or braking. the Tesla doesn't care. This yoke is not, this is not a fun drive. This is a family car. <laughs> this is hundred percent a family car. Um, and I think that's sort of where my crankiness actually um, sort of fades away because other than that, Okay, there's one more thing that makes me very, very mildly cranky. It's, again, with the materials thing. So, on the one hand, it has a really impressive screen on the center console, where it's it's in the same place as the Model 3, a little bit further away from you. It is two inches bigger, and it has a magic trick where you can push a button and it rotates between portrait and landscape, which it does automatically, And... Nice. It is very nice and it also has a little screen straight behind the steering wheel that is perfectly shaped to be visible through the steering wheel. So there you know, that little thing that we don't like where you can't see your current speed and stuff without glancing to the side on the Tesla. Now I don't actually, I'm fine with it, I, glancing to the side is no problem to me, it's the same as glancing down. Especially now that they've moved the screen so that all the important information is right on the very edge of the Tesla screen. I don't mind it, but I know a lot of people mind it and they want the front screen. The Addo 3 has the front screen, it's a nice front screen, and it has this really big screen with the rotatey trick, which is cool. But it's not a good quality screen. It's its blacks are grey. It's a it picks up all of the reflections. It isn't quite bright enough to outshine the Irish sun, so God help you. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, like with the with the indicator stock and stuff. It's a really, really futuristic design. It's very well thought out. It looks really pretty, but it's just the components are just a little bit cheap. Just a little bit cheap.
0: Now, with the, the when you say front screen, you're you're talking about the instrument cluster. This has an instrument cluster, mm. is that right?
1: Okay, so the one I'm talking about that I don't like the quality of is the center console. One. You're talking so about the, the center. The, the one
0: like the Tesla. But it does have an instrument cluster in, uh, underneath the... It has the a small
1: s- screen, like, straight through the steering wheel. Okay. And it is small, so it's it's the size of the hole in the steering wheel. So it's probably, like, five inches or something. Okay.
0: And is that useful
1: at all or no? Yes. I mean, that has the current speed. It would have the speed limit if it knew what it was, <laughs> Which it will in Ireland in a few months' time. It tells you whether or not you have uh, cruise control enabled, what you're what you dialed into, whether lane keeping is on. So it actually it gives you the the, the same information we get on the, the the side bit of the center screen on the Tesla. Okay, and it's right there through the steering wheel, perfectly shaped to like it's it's. it's I was going to say it's as if they designed one to match the other. Duh, <laughs> that's exactly what they did. They they designed one to match the other. Um, so it's it's perfect in there, but as I say, I just wish the big turny center screen had more nits to make it brighter and a better finish, so it, the blacks were actually black. It's it's just not contrasty. It's it's really not contrasty, and that's not good on a sunny day.
0: Sure, and also but, if you have if you're older and you have different you have a, a trouble seeing those differences in in colors and things like that, that could be problematic for sure.
1: Yeah. So again, it's like they've skimped a little bit, but, you know, again, I keep telling myself, but the price, the price. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of that's me being as critical as I can be of this car.
0: And what was the price for this one that you drove?
1: It was 40,000. So it's, yeah, 40, 39 something Irish, I think. Let me check my spreadsheet. Let me check my spreadsheet here. Where are you going, Mr. Atto 3, Atto 3, uh, Atto 3, 40, 46. Okay. Have you seen? Yeah, sorry, 46, 900, so 47. We'll call it 47. That, that, that puts it basically dramatically, dramatically less than the Model 3, which is at 60, 65, I think it is. Like, you're talking 10 grand less than an Four. Okay. Which is just astonishing
0: have you seen the ex30 from volvo i
1: it's on my hmm list i'm I'm not
0: yeah i am humming and hoeing about it it's about the same price i think it starts in ireland right around 48 or 49. um it's got 460 kilometers of range
1: it's a very similar ballpark yeah a little bit better but very similar
0: But it kind of, I think, and I haven't had a chance to look at one of these, but I think it's going to suffer from some of the same things that you didn't like about the Atto, which is that, I mean, part of their marketing pitch is the interior is made out of restructured, recycled materials, which is not a bad thing. It's great. It could be, it could be wonderful. But when you look at the pictures of it through the pictures, some of the pictures make it look nice and some not so nice.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, let's jump to the interior of the Atto 3 because we're into things I like now. And so I did say it, it just comes in the one trim uh, in terms of interior. There is one design, but it's a really nice design and something uh, myself, yourself, Alison, Steve and a few others have a little bit of a chat going And One of the things we've talked about is this balance between physical buttons and virtual buttons. I think these guys have got it pretty darn good. And they've done it not by filling the dashboard with buttons, which, you know, I hate Mm -hmm. button barf, as I call it. Right, I don't like it. They have put lots of buttons on the steering wheel. And that works for me because my hands need to be there anyway and my eyes need to be there anyway. And the other place they have put the buttons is on the center console where the gear stick would be if there was a need for such a thing. Um, It it does have a start button, which is weird, which is also sitting down there um and the, the your your selector for changing gear is like it It sort of it looks like a throttle on an airplane and you have to push the, the the button on the side to make it actually do anything otherwise pushing it up or back doesn't do anything which caught me out for a bit so you sort of push in the safety button of forward for forward and reverse for reverse kind of interesting well, anyway that's where the buttons are there the, the physical ones are either the stuff you don't need as as urgently is down on the center console and the stuff to do with Driving is all on the wheel or on the stalks, and so you don't find yourself reaching for that touchscreen. And you can still control pretty much everything I could think of controlling was was within button reach. So I thought that was nice that they got a good balance and the look of it. It it's got lots of cubby holes. It looks elegant. It does it. It does not look cluttered. It, it's sort of like. It has the same thing that Tesla has, it's sort of like the IKEA of car interiors. It's mostly empty, quite well thought out. A complete gimmick, right? Total gimmick. But the little the little bag in the do- the little sort of pocket in the door is it, it's it's not a pocket in the traditional sense. It's got guitar strings to make it sort of into a pocket and you can pluck them and they do actually make music. So it's, nice. <laughs> which is so silly. But I love it. I've no, no, got nice. It. So it's got those kind of little touches. It's got a bit of heart and soul to it. It's got a bit of fun to it. The one I was driving was a cherry red, which looked really good. Like, it (laughs) it looked nice. Like, I don't like crossovers as a rule, but it looked nice. It was a nice crossover. Didn't look like a cheap crossover. Um, The panoramic roof, which, again, it's a standard car, so they all have it. The panoramic roof is amazing. Like, it's as nice a roof as the ID. Five. Right, that's sort of the big difference between the ID5 and the ID4 is that amazing roof. And this roof is just as nice, but it's sitting again in this way cheaper car. It has no business having such a nice such nice features, but it does. I, It's a genuinely nice place to be. When I sat into the car, I felt, oh, oh, I like this. Whereas when I sat into the ID4 or the ID Buzz, oh, when I sat into the ID Buzz, I was like, oh, God, this place is awful. I hate being in here. And the ID4 was like, meh. It was a nice place to sit. Like the Atos Three was a genuinely nice place to sit, and that that surprised me and pleased me. So that was good. Um, so the other sort of things that got me so again, what's on the screen and the fact that it's a big screen is all really nice. I just wish the materials were a bit better. Um, and it has all the cameras and stuff, which. Given that, on the one hand, they're skimping on materials, I was afraid they might skimp on the cameras and stuff. But they didn't. And in my opinion, they're being cleverer with their cameras than Tesla are. So that you have the side cameras looking down, and you have the front and the rear cameras. But when you put the car into reverse, you get a a view that they're constructing from de-skewed versions of those camera images, and I presume a photograph of the roof of the car, all didn't really need to know is I had a red one. But it genuinely looks like I am looking at the car from about 50, sort of 20 yards up looking down at the car. And it does that thing the Tesla does as you turn the wheel. It projects your future course as curving arcs. And it tells you how many centimetres away you are from everything. I'm guessing your Tesla probably says inches, but mine says centimetres. And so when I came back to the dealership, I very intentionally chose a really narrow parking space, which happened to be right next to my own Tesla. And I backed it in. And even though I'd never driven the car before, I had it down to the centimetre perfect. And it was easier to do than with my own Tesla that I've had for three, three years nearly very very impressive like really impressive so you know i test drove the id4 i test drove this couldn't pay me to pick up an id4 i'd quite happily live in this car now i want something more like my model 3 because i have a budget that is one and a half times the price of this car so why wouldn't i get a nicer car but this thing is amazing value for money and the company kind of impressed me to the point that I am definitely going back to try out the SEAL because the SEAL is their equivalent of the Model 3. It looks as pretty. It's got a much more similar sort of design and essence. So I'm going back. Um, and just uh, yes, as the dealer has my number, I will be getting a phone call the moment they're available to test drive in Dublin. So I will be going back. Which I think that says a lot because I, I didn't really know what to expect and I was genuinely impressed. That car has no business being that good for that price, but it is.
0: Yeah, this is something that I'm very encouraged by because I did, you know, tease a little bit about the EX30. Uh, it's not to my taste, but then again, the Model Y isn't to my taste either necessarily, because as soon as I touched that uh, that fake wood paneling, I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> going to get a splinter. I thought it was going to be smooth and shiny and, and soft and whatever, but it's not. You can it's feel matte, the, yeah. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's... You can feel the quality there. Sometimes when um I'm not thinking about it, I'll when I close my door it's a little high and I'll hit that my window a little bit and the window will move more than I feel comfortable with with it moving Ooh. for a fifty-seven thousand dollar car. So, you know, there's 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 lots of uh, ups and you know, the goods goods and bads, right? But I would rather yeah. if I could afford if I could only afford one car and it cost... Let's say the equivalent of forty thousand US dollars. I would rather have the tech than the the fancy, you know, side paneling and things like that. I, I definitely want the tech.
1: Yeah, I think I'm hoping B.O.D. are coming to America. I, I presume it's sort of part of their bigger rollout plan because they're clearly a company that's up and coming. They have one model in Ireland now. They're going to have more models next year, so they're obviously expanding. I hope they do come to the states because I think they have a lot to offer people.
0: Yeah, you know uh, Rod Simmons on the S.M.R. podcast. He he was having a discussion. I agree with Rod on this instance, but they were having a discussion on the podcast uh, about uh, Japanese cars and U.S. cars and EVs. And he said you have to watch out for the Chinese automakers. And I 100% agree with that because they are building really nice, affordable cars, and they're doing it really well. Versus in yeah. the U.S., we're building nice cars, but we're we're charging for nice cars too. <laughs> <laughs> you get that ticket, uh, uh, that the little sticker shock. And I think the Chinese market, Chinese automakers who come into this market, if, they, if they're able to get that foothold, will do really well. VinFast, for instance, is a really nice car. They're charging way too much money for VinFast. But their more affordable models, I think, will do well here in the United States. And VinFast isn't Chinese, they're Vietnamese. But they're, they're going to do really well here in the U.S. because they're going to have they're they're nice, they're affordable, and they come with a lot of tech, which I think is what people want.
1: I was in the dealership on a Monday at 11 o'clock, like a very off peak sort of a time. I would say five people come in while I was chatting to the salesperson. Every single person was ooing, eyeing, looking at the hand. Everyone was very surprised by the price tags in the good way. And no one was saying. Mm, mm. Everyone was like, "Really? That that little for that car?" So it it felt to me like the salesperson was cock of the hoop because he was selling ice in the middle of a desert and it was cheap. Yeah. Whereas the Volkswagen salespeople had a much more difficult time of things.
0: Yeah, I I I think we're in uh, we're going to lose a lot of these automakers that are out and about, but I think we're in a really nice time for for EVs, uh, just because everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it a little different, and the tech is really thanks to Tesla mostly is commoditized to the point where you, there are suppliers now who make this stuff. Versus you know, 15 years ago, there wasn't really many suppliers that made the, what you needed to to build an EV. Yeah. So, well, Bart, thank you so much for sharing that with us.
1: No, my my absolute pleasure. Um, unfortunately, I went and got sick because, typical, I book holidays and I get sick. That's how the universe works, isn't it? So I had to cancel my test drive of the Toyota you don't like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I will be doing that again um, and I will be happy to talk to you again. And I will also be doing the Polestar and the EV6 for sure. So uh, I might talk to you
0: again after those. I would love it. It would be amazing. Thank you, Bart.
1: No, thank you very much. And um, I'm glad to hear you're buying a charger because I believe I told you last time, although you did cut it
0: out of the show. I told you you were insane last time. Uh, for trying not to do a charger, <laughs> you know, and and okay, so here's the thing. I'm gonna let this. Go. It, it's a, It's over. It's been uh, like twenty something days over 110 degrees in Arizona, something like that. It's a. Ooh. It's a. It's a really Ooh. bad. The the level one charger will not keep up in the heat. Like uh, it'll go. Oh. It'll charge two miles in like three hours when it's really hot outside. Oh, and Blake from uh, a Blake check on Twitter. He had mentioned in one of his videos, the level one charger does not hold up and charges too slow. I just assumed I would get four miles instead of five miles an hour. But no, there are times when that car does not, uh, doesn't even, um, doesn't even. It's spending all its energy cooling itself. It's doing the
1: best it can. (laughs) Yeah, the poor thing, the poor thing. That's actually kind of interesting that the Atto has a heat exchanger. You mean which is I that a heat means...
0: pump? Is that the same thing? A is
1: heat that... pump, sorry, a heat pump. Yeah, okay. it, it actually has heat pump technology, so that means that it's cooling and heating itself, whether it's summer or winter, in a very efficient way, which is kind of cool that it doesn't have AC.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's, uh, and I, I, I every time I say this, I get <laughs> I get emails saying, "Hey, I'd happy to be happy to come on and explain heat pumps to you." But people have tried, and I don't understand how heat pumps work. I never will. It's just magic, but uh, it's an air conditioner that goes forward and backward. Yeah, I still I don't know how an air conditioner works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear! Actually, there's there's actually sorry one more little thing that amazes me for the Ado. I just remembered. So, if you buy the the most expensive version, which is the one that I have priced up at the forty whatever I said it was. It you it, it doesn't do power to home because that's too much, but it does power to campsite. You can actually have like camping equipment plugged in. It will give you a 220 volt plug to plug like a fridge or your tent, you know, your, your lights or whatever. So you can actually take the thing out camping and power your campsite and cook your food and stuff like that from the car.
0: That's fantastic. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's fantastic.
1: But yeah, no, I I think I've covered I think I've covered what I ha- I've covered everything I had in my notes, and I don't think there was anything I forgot to put in the notes because I, I I made sure to write my notes straight away so that I wouldn't forget anything
0: important. So I think I've covered what I wanted to say. Um yeah, I hope so. Alright. I'm excited to hear what you think of the Polestar and the Toyota and the SEAL.
1: Yeah, you're not excited about the Toyota buddy, but I'll tell I you am. anyway. I am. Listen, <laughs> I
0: like Toyota. I find people who own Toyotas to be extraordinarily pretentious for being such a basic car. And I, 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 I will say this too, and if because I, I don't want any hate mail, because I know there's a lot of people who own their Toyotas <laughs> out there. It feels to me like driving a couch. And the, all of the Toyota people I'm talking about are my friends. That, that's where my hatred comes from. It's not from the car or the brand or anything like that. It's from the annoyingness of the uh, one person, one particular person. His name is Mike. I'll leave it at that.
1: Well, what I will say is they're very, they're mundane, they're boring, they don't break. Yeah. They go, and they go, and they keep going. Because uh, Irish cars have the year on the number plate, so our, our last Toyota was, or one of our Toyotas was a 92, and that car was still on the road three years ago. That's cool. It may still be on the road today, but it was still on the road three years ago, and it was a 92. They just, that's that's kind of magic. I don't
0: know. I'm just teasing.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I knew you were having fun on the show, but I was cycling along listening to you going, yeah, I'm about to test drive a Toyota. I'm going to have <laughs> some fun with Bodie about Toyotas. I know. Well, I, I'll draw some fire. If you're unpretentious Land Rover. Oh, people who drive Land Rovers. People who drive Land Rovers who don't have a farm. The, the, I, I will put that caveat on it because there, there are people who drive Land Rovers because they they drive trailers with cows and horses. They're allowed to drive Land Rovers. But they don't have the ones with leather seats.
0: Yes. My friend has, a, his uncle has a Land Rover and uh, he drives it because he likes the seats. So there you go. <laughs>
1: he won't be afraid of getting mud on it. I don't, I
0: don't, I don't think he is. He, he, he doesn't seem to, to mind. He, he keeps a car for about two, two and a half years and then he moves on, which is the, the nice thing. When you've prepared for your retirement, nice ability, nice things you could do uh, financially. But
1: well, that was the other thing that surprised me, actually, because I'm I'm used to buying a car, having it for ages and then getting another one. But the trade in, if I traded in my Tesla, I could drive away on an Atto 3 for 12 grand. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> while I was doing my test drive, uh, the, the Atto dealership were, were were getting me an estimate for how much they'd give me for my car. And they were like, yeah, you, you, could, you could drive out of here in a new car for 12 grand. Jesus. Yeah. There is something to be said for replacing it often. Yeah, that's hard to beat. Okay, right now my voice is going, so I'm going to say goodbye. Buddy, thank you as always for having me on. I love talking to you.
0: I like listening to you, but I like it when you talk back. It's fun. Bart, uh, I say every time you come off, is like I feel like I could talk to you forever. And we have proven that uh, today. So (laughs) maybe one day we'll just have an open four-hour conversation. Just whatever comes to mind.
1: I was going to say, if you're ever on this island or I'm ever on your island, a nice cold beer and a few hours. Sounds good to me.
0: Sounds great to me. Thank you so much, Bart. Good night, buddy. I want to thank Bart for agreeing to come on the show. It's midnight in Ireland when he's recording this. He's sick. He's sick. He did a podcast earlier in the day and he lost his voice. Like this man is a trooper and so kind. Because honestly, if he just if he just would have said, you know what, I just don't feel well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out today, I would have been totally fine with it. But nope, he got some chicken noodle soup and he soldiered on. I hope you really enjoyed this episode because I enjoyed making it. I forgot to have Bart promote his shows, so I'm gonna promote them for him. First up, we have Let's Talk Apple, which is a monthly Apple podcast. And it's once a month because Bart and whoever his guest happens to be at that time, they have you know time to reflect on the month's worth of Apple stories. So it's really great show. It's a great show. He also has Let's Talk Photography. I think it's every other week he's on the Nosilicast talking about cybersecurity with Allison Sheridan. Uh, you can find them on Chit Chat Across the Pond with Programming by Stealth. As always, I'll make sure to put all of the links in the show notes, including a link to the auto. And again, I just want to thank Bart for coming on and being so generous with his time. Now, I have one more story to tell you, and it's going to be really quick. Um, it's, it's been over 110 degrees here in Arizona for a ridiculous amount of time. I don't know exactly how many days in a row we've hit over 110, but it, it's awful here at the moment. The level one charger that I have in my garage, because I'm testing this out, does not do well in the heat. Like It'll go two miles in three hours. It just doesn't do well. And I was like, this I cannot keep going to the supercharger to charge my car. Because I was going once every 10 days, and then it started getting hotter, and then it was once every seven days. And last week, I went two times in one week. So I was like, I, I, this, this experiment is over. It doesn't work in Arizona. <laughs> but, or at least it didn't work for me in Arizona. So I signed, up, um, signed into Q Merit, which is a service that puts you in touch with an electrical contractor, And I got uh, the information from the electric This was on a Friday. And on Monday, I got a call from the the contractor. She said, I can have somebody there today. I did not expect this to take uh, over, you know, three days, basically. I thought I had time to get a wall connector and all that stuff, or the Tesla charger, if you don't know. And um, I was like, cool, let me see if I can get a wall connector. And I, I searched all over uh, the Phoenix Metro area, no wall connectors on Friday. There was at least one in Avondale and maybe one in like Goodyear, which is uh, a little bit further away from me, but on Monday, nothing. So I drove three hours on Monday morning to Tucson, picked up a wall connector to oh, an hour and a half, excuse me, picked up a wall connector, drove back total time of travel and everything was about, uh, just under five hours. I got back in time to pick up my kids from the school bus because it's 117 degrees when they get off the school bus. And then as soon as I got home, I started recording with BART. So it was a crazy day. But it's not over yet because the gentleman came to install the the wall connector and hook it up to power and all that stuff. And that only took an hour. I honestly thought that was going to take a very long time. It only took an hour. I'm going to be completely transparent with you. Um the price of the install was $799 the price for per- permits to to be pulled was $250 so now we're at the, you know roughly $1050 for the install Um, my electrical panels on the outside of my garage, so I just had them put it on the inside of the garage. There was a different place that I wanted it, but it was $1,300 more to move it 30 feet. And I chose not to do that. And I paid with tax right about $1,500 or $500, excuse me, for the wall connector. Now all total, we're at $1,550 ish. I'm going to get $250 back from my utility. And then there's a $1,000 tax credit that we should qualify for, for the install. So all in all, um, might be out about $400 once everything's all said and done. But at the moment, it was $1,500 and three days through Merit. So I do know that you could probably save a little money if you don't go through a company like Q Merit, but I wanted somebody to call if something went bad. My dad was an electrician. I'm very familiar with uh, folks who work in the trades And sometimes, not all the time, most people are very honest, sometimes those folks just disappear. So if I had a problem, I wanted somebody that I could call. I also wanted it permitted because I wanted somebody to inspect it and make sure it was installed correctly. That was worth the extra $250 to me. So, yeah, that is my story. I want to thank everybody so much for listening to today's show. And I will talk to you on